Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Hi, Ziggy. Hi. How are you, Deacon Jeff? I am. I'm thrilled to be here with oh. you, especially. Um, and again, so just uh, everyone, uh, uh, if you turn your radio just a certain way, you can see <laughs> that uh, Tom Dorian isn't here. He is not. He is actually the only one of us who can be seen in the radio. He's a big guy. He's really, you know, his hair is magnificent. It comes through the radio. I don't know how it does that. His hair is the stuff of legend. It's, it's mirac- I think it's miraculous. Yes. It was actually Jesus' second miracle. His first, No, that's blasphemy. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> that. I retract that. Act like you didn't hear it. <laughs> Um, all the kidding aside, uh, as I'm writing scripture, um, uh, so we're still praying for uh, Tom and his family, still yes. in the um, uh, COVID protocols, and uh, mm. they doesn't have COVID, but uh, they're they've been exposed, and so they have to do the self quarantining, yes. and so that's no fun. I've been through it uh, twice. Um, and I don't have you had to quarantine at all, Sam? Uh actually, yep. We had we had uh, had one instance where I had it's to getting quarantine. sad where we don't even remember because it, this thing has been going on for months and months and months yeah, and months. It's one big blur. We're getting right, we're coming up on a year. Yeah, of this stuff. So that we just pray this stuff's all going to go away. But it's okay. We're going to keep praying for Tom. So in your uh, charity out there, if you wouldn't mind saying a prayer for the Dorian family, yes. uh, number fifty-eight, Tommy, 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 Do Ryan. <laughs> And uh, uh, and so we are stuck together here uh, in the luxurious corner booth, Ziggy. Because and we're going to talk about. Well, first of all, I want to give a little shout out to Sue. Oh, we love Sue. Sue sent a nice message, and I'm not going to read her whole uh, message, but it was good morning. Just listen to you all for the first time. I'm sorry, Sue. And your discussion about the body as a temple was exactly what I needed to hear. Is it possible to get away? Anyway. How cool is that? That's nice of her. Welcome on board. You're now addicted, Sue. You can't get out. (laughs) You cannot get out of the circle. You're in there forever. There's no door out. Yes. Uh, So welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. You are now a corner boother. Yes. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, but you are one, Sue, and we uh, really, really appreciate the fact that you, uh, well, that you sent us a message. Yeah, the architect of Hotel California is the architect of California. That's Cafe. exactly <laughs> right. The same guy did it. We stab it with our steely knives, and we just can't kill that beast. Anyway, all that we are just going off the deep end. So what are we going to talk about? Uh, what are we going to talk about today? Um, I, I do know that... Um, we're going to go back to Scripture. We're going to talk about uh, the, the Scripture that's happening this week in the Gospel. And it comes from the Gospel of Mark. Uh, and uh, and I don't know if you've noticed, but Mass has been getting out about a minute or two early mm-hmm. every single Sunday now because we're in the Gospel of Mark. It's shorter. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right to the point. Uh, and so Mark uh, in chapter 1 uh, verses 14 through 20, this is, I mean, the calling of all the apostles. It's a very short, brief, to the point. Yeah. Uh, and it's, again, it's, it's not all the apostles, but we have several apostles here getting called. And what, uh, let's see where it starts so here in verse 14. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. 
Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat, mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. So it's brief to the point. Point to the point to the point, no faking, like Vanilla Ice. There's you know? something like that. I don't think Vanilla Ice was playing in the background, uh, but it could be. I don't know if we did a modern telling of this. But let me just say, um, I think most of us, I know I have uh, in the past looked at a lot of these Gospels and just kind of like just just went right in one ear and out the other. And, yep. I, and I don't mean that I don't read the Gospel, don't care about it, don't think about the whatever, but sometimes we don't look any further, right? And, and we look at these words... And I imagine you could look at this kind of like uh, if this was an alternate gospel, and it is not, so please don't start emailing. But, you know, um, and Jesus went to Kroger, and while in Kroger, he went to the the frozen food aisle, and he got some uh, chicken pot pies because he liked the chicken. You know, and it's like, it's just like this matter of fact, like Jesus' shopping list. Right. And he's going down this shopping list. Well, he's shopping for Simon Peter, and he's shopping for Andrew, and he's shopping for James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of Thunder. Yes. You know, he's shopping for all. It's like, it's like, and we go, okay. So he went to Kroger. He got the apostles, and he's done. Right. Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, it's like, and we, and we think that that's, and that's all, really all there is. And then we listen, we're going to listen to a homily. From a priest or deacon who's going to try to think of something to say, right? You know, and and what always amazes me, and I, I can't um, if I preach on this text or anyone like it, I've got to be honest with you. One of the first things I do is I look at myself and I go like, how w- would I have done this? Think about what these men did. Yeah, I almost want to see myself. Um, uh, you know, I want to see myself inserted into this scene. Mm-hmm. And I want to be one of those fishermen. Yeah. Right? So I'm like uh, out on the boat. The sun's bearing down. Yep. Uh, it's stinky because there's just like dead fish everywhere. And it's it's just, I mean, it's a, it's hard work. Right. And there are sometimes maybe I go days where I don't catch anything. Yep. And when I do catch something, these big nets, you know, and pulling all this stuff in and day to day and the drudgery of it all. And I'm sitting there thinking, would I... I mean, and this is also my livelihood. Right. And I'm thinking, would I have had the courage, the wherewithal, the wisdom, the guidance of the Spirit? I don't know what it was, but just drop everything. Right. Because what it doesn't say is that uh, Jesus saw them and said, you know, come after me and I'll make you fishers of men. Then they held onto their nets tightly because these were important and very expensive nets. Right. And they didn't let go of them because they knew this was the family business. And dad right. would be very upset with them if they didn't. And they had fallen in their father's, followed in their father's footsteps and they inherited these nets and these boats. <laughs> and so they thought about it and they thought, hold on Jesus because I've got to go back and I'm going to tell all my family and my friends what's getting ready to happen. I'm actually intrigued, Jesus, by your message. And I really think I might want to go. But you know what? Before I do that, I've got to go make an account. I've got to go down to the bank. I've got to pull out a little bit money i've got to or i've got to make sure that the people like what happens to my money and i got and and you know and fred down on uh, around the corner owes me 50 bucks and i need to go collect the 50 bucks because if i'm gonna go follow you and you start thinking about all this but they don't say any of that no they drop everything right and i'm thinking would i be would i drop everything and i I gotta be honest with you ziggy (laughs) i don't i don't know that i could right i'm fairly attached to this world and i know that's a problem and I'm saying that, and I'm, I think I'm probably speaking for a lot of folk out there. 
um, we're all kind of attached. I mean, we've grown attached to our TVs and our, you know, the cable and we've grown technology. technology. We've grown attached to certain kinds of food. We've grown attached to where we, you know, and it's like, and like I'm not, I'll follow you on Facebook, bro. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, we've been, we've learned, I just, I just think that, uh, how do you just drop everything? Well, one thing I'm reminded of as you, as you're raising this point is, uh, I believe it was a talk by Jeff Cavins, if I'm not mistaken, where he helped, uh, recapture sort of the historicity of that moment. And in ancient Israel at that time, the pride and joy of any Jewish family was for their child to become a, a scribe or a Pharisee or to be selected for temple work, which normally happened, if I remember this, this talk correctly, um, you know, when they're, when they're sort of at that bar mitzvah age, you know, early on in their teenage years. Right. And if they weren't selected, and they literally... What Jesus is doing is what rabbis would do. They literally, the message of come follow me, that meant you were selected. You mm, were selected called. and you're, you're called and you're going to be prepared to take on this kind of work, which would have been great joy for their families. But in this case, the fact that they are fishermen, it, see, if you didn't get selected by a rabbi... It's off to the family's it's work. Off, you're going to do the family's work, exactly. So the fact that they're fishermen means they've already been passed over. And so here you've got this mysterious rabbi walking up and saying, come follow me. So partly there's a difference because this was a time in which the norm, you know, we have the Jewish people at this time. The, the, the greatest thing you could do is build your life around God and honor God with your life. And that was a joy to your family. These days, unfortunately, you know, in this modern time, that is not, you know, our, our culture. You know, and and for people to uh, it, it takes quite a long time for folks to really, really give their lives over to God. They can give it all over to God, you know, in a big moment of encounter with him in prayer. But to really in a concrete little way, there's always going to be little attachments that we have, mm-hmm. little issues that we have in this or that relationship or this or that struggle not, or difficulty. And not even, but not even always sinful and bad. It's just that we're wrapped up in our day-to-day things. That we don't realize how much we're following things other than Jesus yeah. because that's just how life is. That's what our culture tells us what life is. And so... You know, imagine Jesus walking around today and saying, come follow me. It would probably be a very different narrative. I mean, far be it from me to to try to, to, to limit the power of Jesus in his persuading power. You know, like the centurion sees him on the cross and had that moment of clarity. Truly, this must have been the son of God. And I think that it's clear that Jesus can awaken that within any heart and so i'm not trying to limit that but a heart does need to be open and so just speaking for myself and i think you know plenty of people can relate to this it's so easy for our hearts to get attached to the stuff that just doesn't matter (laughs) yes if you if today you hear his voice harden not your hearts yeah right our hearts are pretty hard they're you know and again it's not necessarily sinfulness so much as it is the 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 clogged arteries of the world that we lived in. I mean, right. they live in. It's just. It's essentially just. It's like this plaque that is built yeah. up, and and uh, and clogging everything. And it's it's where we are, and and so the biggest challenge to me every time I look at this gospel is, okay, Lord, if you really are calling me, you know, 
uh, give me the strength, give me the courage, give me the wherewithal, give me the vision, give me the the ability to drop everything. I mean, think about the trust mm. that that would require. Well, and and also taking it another step. What is he? His full message is: Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So what he's actually saying is: This thing that we're all talking about of being hard. We're actually supposed to be putting ourselves in those same shoes, and we're supposed to be saying to people, "Come yeah, follow okay. me." So, where we are in this modern so world, so we want to break that open. That's that's we're going to have to develop that, uh, and so that sounds like part two of this show. That that's, sounds that's, good. That's, that's where we're going to go. Uh, but before we get there, want to uh, uh, just stop. We're going to take a break, and I want to remind folks uh, that we uh, we have a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also. I would love to listen to you, hear your, your, your internet voice, your email. Send me an email. Uh, let me know what's going on in your life. Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. And send us messages like Sue. We really yes. appreciate that. And with that, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. Born in England in the late 7th century, a man named Winfrith felt called to the monastic life and joined the Benedictines at an early age. It was not long before he flourished in the faith and became recognized as a powerful conduit for the Holy Spirit to all those he encountered. Tradition tells us that the Pope himself changed Winforth's name to Boniface, a name that means good fortune. St. Boniface was very well thought of in the Catholic Church in England and would have most definitely excelled there, but he felt a burning desire to carry the gospel message to those who were not yet Christians. He focused his attention on continental Europe, where a colorful array of pagan religions was beginning to take root. With an evangelistic zeal, he crossed the seas and found himself settled in Germany, where he went to work straight away sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One story is told of how St. Boniface had become so distressed by the pagan worship of trees in Germany that he decided to go to the public square and cut down a giant oak tree dedicated to the god Thor. The townspeople looked on in horror, fully expecting Thor to avenge the horrid deed and punish St. Boniface. But nothing happened. They became convinced that the God of St. Boniface, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was the one true God. Many were converted to Christianity because of this one simple act on the part of St. Boniface. As St. Boniface entered his 80s, he resigned all his positions of leadership and once again went back to his roots of the simple missionary life. Though he was advanced in years, he was still a compelling force for the church. He converted many to Catholicism, but at the same time made his enemies all the more jealous of his successes for God. In 754, St. Boniface and 53 of his followers were murdered by a band of pagans determined to stop the continuing spread of Catholicism. Without any resistance whatsoever, they quietly laid down their lives for Christ and his church. St. Boniface was lovingly referred to as the Apostle of the Germans. Recalling the years that St. Boniface worked in Germany, a well-known German church historian stated, To us, this was a period of light when the light of the gospel and of Christian civilization came to us. The feast day of St. Boniface is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 4th. 
I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And I am Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And we are uh, continuing to pray for Tom Dorian. Yes. Who's in uh, quarantine uh, with his family. And uh, so we're talking about this gospel, according to Mark, uh, which appears in the third Sunday of Ordinary Time. Right. Or is this the fourth? I can't remember. It, it doesn't matter uh, because it's the, well, it'll be the third. Yeah, I think it'll it was the third. The, yes, yeah. it'll third. You know, you know what? That's why they got pieces of paper in front of us when we're up there reading these <laughs> things. So we don't have to, don't do it by memory. Um, but anyway, Mark uh, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20, and it's the call of Andrew and Simon and uh, James and John. And, uh, and they drop everything. Yep. You know, and uh, I mentioned there at the tail end talking about like, what trust they had to have yeah. to do that. Um, and then we've talked about other things. Uh, and I'm thinking, like, what are some of the things that might keep me from just dropping everything? Yeah. Uh, and certainly attachments, um, what we normally do. And I, and I think about myself and I think about my to-do list. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, these are the things that I need to do. And I put all this stuff on there. Now, somewhere on my 147,653 things on my to-do list right. is follow Jesus. It's on there. I promise you it's on there. But it doesn't always so. sit <laughs> towards the top, and that's, that's one of my problems. And I think that like, I think all of us encounter this, and we've got so many things that, that – and some, some of them are good things. Some of them are a waste of time. Or sometimes we underestimate what it might take for us to – truly follow Jesus with the various things on our to-do list, we may credit to ourselves, oh, I'm following Jesus, but are we really giving things over to him and making him the the, the shepherd, the king of our lives, you know, the yes. Lord of our lives? Yes, exactly. I, I agree. Uh, and so even though some of these are good daily cares, sometimes they'll actually end up taking us away from uh, from where we need to be, uh, but all that aside, and then I think also we we you know we have distractions, and if you think about it, you know with all the stuff we go on going on the noise in the world, yeah, right. Sometimes we don't actually hear him calling. So imagine that, uh, well, first Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. Imagine if there was a big storm going on, right, and they didn't actually hear Jesus's voice. Yeah. Right? So, but think about in our lives, the storms that are going on in our lives, and we don't actually hear the Lord's voice, even though he is calling. Oh, sure. And so, there's just lots of reasons why uh, we, 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 it might, we might find it difficult to drop everything. Well, in, in addition to dropping everything, because there's, there's, there's two things that they're being asked to do. When it says, come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And so, you know, if we're putting ourselves in that place... What it means is, yeah, part of following Jesus involves us saying, come follow me to others. Yeah. Um, I'm just, woo. Yeah. Because <laughs> you think about that, and that's what we're called to do. Um, we're not just called to go to church and sit in a pew. Right. We're not called to be pew warmers. Right. I mean, we really need to get up out of the pew. I mean, I'm not saying don't go to church. <laughs> yes. Because that's where we find our nourishment. That's where we find the Lord in, in, a, in a profound way. Uh, through the Blessed Sacrament, but also through the the, the Word that is preached to us, uh, you know, and, and so yes, it's it's good to be in church, 
but that's not where we're supposed to stay. Well, and there's another dimension to this that I think is is worth mentioning, which is, you know, let's say the Jesus from, you know, 2000 years ago when he's walking the earth and he's saying, come follow me to people and he's developing disciples. He's got a few more tools in his toolbox than we did. He, he was working miracles. He had things that we don't individually right. have. And so for us to be placed in that You're position, saying we're not God. Well, that's the thing is, is okay. yeah. I okay. Think, so I, I, I like to cut through all the mess, yeah. the fuss and the muss and say, yeah, we're not God. Yes, he had tools. Well, here's the thing. So I, the reason I say this is I've been in uh, discipleship relationships, both on the discipling end and being discipled. And one of the things that I've learned over time is it's important to be grounded in the fact of, you know what? You may be playing a really close relationship with this, developing a close relationship with this person, but you are not Jesus. You are one member of the body. And God is using countless other people to work with this person as well in ways that you're not seeing. And if you're not grounded in the reality that, yes, you know, we each kind of have our own little fraction of that toolbox. You know, Jesus has given us the gifts that we need to do our part. And in a given moment, he's going to give us the seeds for us to receive to the best of our ability to discernment and and, and to share to the best of our ability and discernment. And, that's all we can do. Yeah, and uh, and that's but that's good, and that's the thing because a lot of people will not even want to attempt that because they go, "Well, I'm not God, right?" So who am I to go around calling people? Right. Who am I, and, and why are they going to follow me? I'm Jeff, or I'm Sam, yes. or I'm whatever. And it's like, yeah, but they're not following you, right? Because if you're in the if you're in the name of Jesus, right, yes. His holy name, and that's what they're hearing. If they hear the the basic charisma, the basic message of salvation. They're essentially hearing the word of God through you. Yes. And so we should not be dissuaded by the fact that we're not God. In fact, we should be encouraged because as members of the body, we essentially, um, we essentially have the power. Yeah. Well, right? We're given the, 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 the power, the authority, right, in, in the word. I mean, that's what we're, we're given. So we're called to then turn and call. And, and if we don't do that... I mean, we're essentially stifling the work of God. Well, he's given us these bodies. He's given us these gifts and talents. He's given us a variety of of, uh, relationships that we have around us and connections and connectivity. And within that framework... It's we. He wants to work through us within that framework, but he's not going to force that. Right? We have to make ourselves available to allow him to work through us and through our gifts and through our words uh, and through our hearts. And and you know, and honestly, uh, Ziggy, what's going on here is something bigger than us, right? It's yes. not just us and our like in in our specific in- instance. It's like, well, this is the way God is working with me and yeah. there is that relationship but but it's part of something much bigger i mean looking at what happened with the disciples you've already said it that he we, we need to sort of also view ourselves in this yeah and realize that we're also called to call others right right and so yeah jesus didn't just go shopping for apostles yeah right he went calling apostles in the same way that he's calling each one of us and in the same ways that the the apostles responded we're called to respond in that same way so ultimately all of this is part of a plan this is what this is the plan right right this is what's supposed to happen this is not supposed to be like wait 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 wait, wait. i'm part of this yes yes all of us are part of this so what what i'm 
what's coming to me as you're saying this, Deacon Jeff, is that the Lord's going to give us promptings, and it's up to us to respond. So it's not up to us to go and like go through our Facebook news feed and say like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to say, come follow me to like to Shirley. You know what I mean? That's not what we're Shirley's saying. Shirley's a lost God. <laughs> <laughs> what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is that what we need to do is pray for the people in our lives and pay attention to the promptings. And if God tells us, hey, say this to that person or offer to pray with this person or do this for this person, let's l- listen as well as we can and obey the promptings the best we can and trust that God will handle the rest. And you know what? It may be you offer to pray with somebody or you, you, you say something to somebody and it's not well received. You did your best. You responded to a prop prompting and they took offense and they got mad and they said, oh, we don't pray in this workplace. And they walked away, uh, for example. And you don't know 20 years from now, you might have laid seeds there by yeah. your witness of being responsive to those promptings. You're not going to know until the last day when you see the, the salvation footage of your life unfold, how Jesus worked through you to touch those lives. And I can still see in my own life how people had effect on me later. In other words, I can look back in my life and go like 30 years ago, like, I remember when this one guy said this one thing. I remember when our youth leader uh, uh, when I was at Holy Spirit Catholic Church in the uh, Young People's Association, they called it the YPA, which is a dumb name, but whatever. And so I was in YPA and and the the youth leader actually said something uh, and I'm thinking, and I've, I've thought of Things like that in my life that actually, I don't say that at the moment they didn't change my life. Yeah. And maybe I actually rejected them. Yeah. Uh, but but now I fully embrace them and think like, what a wise youth leader he was. So let us have the courage through God and through prayer to be rejected and to make ourselves vulnerable to that because God made himself vulnerable to us both as humanity and also individually. How many times have we rejected Jesus in our lives yeah. and turning away from Far him too and turning often. us in? Oh, yeah. But you know what? He's never rejected us, and that's never. nice. He yes. always is there waiting. Uh, you know, the, 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 the son, uh, you know, the prodigal son, you know, turning to the father, and he's waiting for us. Yes. Uh, runs out to meet us, in fact. So, yeah, so uh, sounds like uh, we need to trust him. It sounds like we, we need to drop everything. Yep. And that's going to be a challenge for most of us because it's a challenge for me. And, 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 and I, I'm only saying this that everyone needs to drop everything, right? Only because I know how hard it is for me. Well, to drop everything, to give God custody over it. Because Amen. he's the shepherd and the Lord and the king, not us. Well, and if you need help, you know, our blessed mother is always there for us. She mm. loves us and she's going to guide us to her son. And so let's, let's ask for her intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and in the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.